Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama bee always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm so excited to bring another incredible guest to you today. Today, I am interviewing Miss Mary Hyatt, who is a life and business mindset coach, and she specializes in helping high-achieving female entrepreneurs move from living a life of burnout to a life where they are connected to their emotions, their body, and their spirit. Mary helps bring her one-on-one clients back to their enoughness, wholeness, and femininity. And she's the host of Living Fully Alive podcast that airs weekly where she dives deeper into mindset and emotional healing and helps her listeners learn to embody the life fully lived. As a trained hypnotherapist and kundalini yoga, meditation, and breathwork instructor, Mary brings a level of somatic consciousness and soul-focused inner work to everything that she does. Welcome to the show, Mary. We're so glad you're here. Hey, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait for this conversation. Like literally all day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know we're just going to geek out together and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I love this. And in Mary's email to me, we don't know each other, but she said, I think we're meant to be soul sisters. And after just spending like 15 minutes with you, That's really true. We have such connectedness and alignment in our messaging. And I know that this audience is just going to take away so many golden nuggets from our chat today. So today's episode is titled, Why Mindset Work is Never Enough. Mm -hmm. And the three main takeaways that we want to shine a light on are really allowing you guys to understand why the body is key to staying in alignment with your truest self, the fact that the body holds 80% of our inner wisdom, And how learning the language of your body is vital if you want to avoid burnout, sickness, and just kind of a mediocre life. So before we dive in too deep, Mary, I love for guests to share their own personal, I kind of call it the junk to joy story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I read a little bit about this on your website, but maybe you can help listeners understand a little background on you and why you're so passionate about sharing these messages with others. I love sharing my story. Junk to, what was it? Junk to joy. (laughs) Junk to joy. It's so perfect. I love that. Okay. Let me rewind the clock for a second because I feel like who you see today, if you were to go to my social media, if you were to meet me in person, I was actually just talking to my assistant about this this morning. I'm like, that was a different human being in my past. We were actually, we were just talking about she's divorced as well. And we Mm -hmm. were talking about our divorces this morning because she was like, it'll be 20 years since I've been divorced or no, would have been married. And I said, oh my God, it would have been 16 years this year that I would have been married. And so I got married at 20 years old. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. And that's what you do in the South. You graduate high school and you get married. And the expectation is, is that you pump out some babies and you know, the rest is history. And I've always a little bit been the black sheep of my family. And, but at the time I was like, okay, I'll be a good girl. I'll do the right things. I'll get married. And 
very shortly after I was married, I experienced some pretty significant trauma. And my husband and ex-husband and I both did it together. And something happened during that time. Because you again, when you're in your 20s, there's not a lot of life experience. You just really don't know how to handle really challenging things in a very conscious way. So I did what the survival response would be, which was to bury all of the grief, all of the trauma, all of the heartache that I had experienced and sort of left it there thinking that it would just disappear and go away. And what I realized over the years is that doesn't happen. I wish it did. I wish we could just ignore hard things, but it was trapped in my body. So I ended up, if you see past pictures of me, I gained like 80, 90 pounds very, very quickly. I was using food as a coping mechanism. I was using alcohol as a coping mechanism. I was using prescription medication. I was literally on every medication you could imagine. Mm. And I ended up developing um, an autoimmune disease. It was like, my body was screaming at me. And yet I didn't know how to read the signals. I didn't know how to interpret that. And so I thought the answer was just take more medication, just cover this up. So I got an anxiety and depression medicine. Again, I was eating, I was drinking, I was avoiding, I was numbing. I was asleep to life. I checked out and I stopped living. And it got really bad. I mean, to the point of becoming suicidal, there was no hope for me. Is that what it felt like? It was like, if I'm in my twenties and it's this miserable, what kind of life do I have to look forward to? And because of that, my relationship with my ex-husband just was deteriorating and became very disconnected and just not healthy. It was not a great place to exist. And so thankfully, and I I thank my former self, my 1.0 version, who saw a little glimmer of hope. And I can remember this very clearly, like looking in the mirror, saying like, there's got to be more to life than this. And it was a very powerful moment of deciding to choose life. In that moment, I decided to take myself to what I call Mary's self-discovery school. (laughs) And (laughs) I literally bought, you know, probably 20 or 30 books on Amazon, had all delivered. And I was like, okay, any self-help, like I want to figure this out. Let's go. And I really went on a deep dive into, okay, our thoughts are connected to our current reality. Our beliefs influence our lives our body has a piece to play in this. That was something that just blew my mind. And all of a sudden I started looking at myself from the outside in and going, oh, you poor thing. I developed so much empathy and compassion for myself. Like, wow, girl, you've been through so much. You have been through hell and back without any skill set to know how to process through it. And I just decided in that moment that my body was no longer my enemy. Mm. but that it actually had been my ally the entire time that I had been giving it this job of trying to process uh, buried emotions that it had no business handling. And I wasn't being conscious. And so it was like, I took my power back and decided like, okay, I'm going to deal with this stuff. I'm going to deal with the stuff that I've been covering up and numbing out for years. And I went to work and it was a multi-year journey. I mean, I'm still on it, right? This is like 13 years ago Mm. that I started this journey. I'm still on it. You know, I don't know that it ever ends, but I'm a completely different person, obviously divorced, obviously completely different body, total different Mm. level of consciousness, really present, but man, it was definitely a junk to joy, you know, journey for sure. Wow. 
Thank you so much for sharing that story. It's, um, it's, it's so helpful when people can speak so openly about where they've been and all the healing that you've committed to. It's really this commitment to consistency and yourself. And I love how you said, like, I just decided to choose life. I remember a very, a very distinct moment. It was amazing when I read your website and you said, like, I just looked in the mirror and said, like, this is not me. And yeah. I heard this voice to like fight for myself. I had this same moment. And I know people listening may be a little bit skeptical and that's okay. But I can tell you from personal experience that I had what I call the mirror moment. Mm. And it was basically months of laying on the bathroom floor, hyperventilating, crying, looking at my eyes in the mirror, just flooding, 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 flooding. And then there was this one day where my inner voice literally said, get up, Wow! get up, get up. I will never forget it. It gives me chills to this day, get up. And it was like, I got up and it was in that moment where there was another voice that just said, get fiercely committed to joy. Mm, get fiercely ferociously like your life depends on it committed to joy and I too got my body up off that floor put my sunglasses on like I always did because my eyes were so swollen from crying and went to Barnes and Noble for hours and I searched and searched and searched and searched for any title that I thought might bring me comfort or healing or joy, or clarity, or confidence, anything that would get me not no longer on that bathroom floor and fiercely just fighting for my joy. And I read a lot of books. I did a lot of self-study. And that's where it really began for me too. So yeah, soul sister, I hear you in your story. And what I can tell listeners is from both of our stories, if you have that moment of that mirror moment, or you're waiting for it, just take it, go mm -hmm. stand in the mirror and take it and hear your voice and slow down. And we're going to talk about some of that today. Really, your body is the biggest information center, mm -hmm. if you will. It's just this massive information center where sensations are constantly I think we misread our sensations and we attach stories and meaning to things that don't serve us. But if we can learn how to harness all that's happening at a deep cellular level, which we're going to talk about here, life can change drastically in a space of serving you. Mm, could not agree more. I cannot wait to dive into this because it's something that I think that most people don't have an awareness to. I know for me, like I, I didn't. I really thought that my mind was the only avenue and voice that I had inside of myself. I thought that my my brain, my thoughts, the sentences in my mind, my beliefs, I mean most of the books that I picked up at the very beginning of my journey were all around centered around mindset. Yes. Identify your limiting beliefs, what has been holding you back, your thoughts create your reality. And so I really banked on that, ignoring yeah the whole piece of the body. It was like, okay, the mindset, your mind is the most important thing. And as a culture, we, that's what we glorify. We glorify the intellect. Yes. We glorify the rational, the analytical information consumption. Even when we think about making decisions, we're trying to do that from a mental body. Right. And 
And what I didn't realize at the time was that there was so much information inside of my body that I was shut off to or ignorant about. I just didn't even have any kind of concept that my body might be able to offer me some wisdom in what I had experienced, that my body might have a story of what it's been through that could help in the healing process. It was like, I started with the mind and I think that's a really beautiful place to start. Like there's nothing wrong with mindset work. I think it actually is incredibly important. But if you think about like when you make a decision and you go into your mind and you're playing like the pros and cons, you're looking at, okay, well, if I did it, you know, this would be positive. This would be negative. I should, I shouldn't, which is all based on bias given Mm -hmm. what you've experienced in life up until this time. So you've got your cultural influences, your religious influences, your familial influences, your life experience influences, all of that is coloring how you interpret life and the meaning that you give life. That's what we'd like to talk about. Limiting beliefs. That's what we're getting into. It's like, okay, these are paradigms that you adopted or that you learned or that were given to you that aren't necessarily true. And so there is a really necessary part of those work to challenge some of that. Like, okay, wait, wait a second. Who says that's right? Who says that's true? Do I want to believe that? Could there be another option? You know, if I'm in black and white thinking, binary thinking, could there be a different color that I'm not seeing that I can expand to up my level of awareness? And so I do think mindset work is really important. However, it's just a piece of the puzzle and often can be very subjective given our beliefs, given our bias. So to me, it's not the most reliable place to go when we're trying to make decisions or to find our path to healing. I love how you just said, it's not the most reliable path to make our decisions. It's so beautifully said. I often like to say like the body holds the truth, the deepest truth, the deepest desires. So it's this really beautiful dance of how to utilize the body, in my opinion, the body first to then unify it with the mind. And when we can learn how to do that, we're in this really special sacred space and the soul or spirit as some will call as well. So there's a way to do that. Let's talk a little bit about why the body is key to staying in alignment with your truest self. And, And maybe we take a step back from there. Can we first talk about what is alignment? Yeah, let's talk about what alignment is not first. Perfect. Symptoms of being out of alignment. Like, let's start with that. Because to me, when we're out of alignment, it's going to present itself in specific ways. So most often there's a lot of pretending that goes on when we're out of alignment. So it's almost like wearing a mask and we are having to be somebody who's not authentically ourselves. So that could look like a lot of people pleasing a lot of saying yes when we really mean no, doing things that we feel like we have to do out of obligation mm-hmm. or pressure. Oftentimes being out of alignment in the extreme form is going to show up as disease in the body, symptoms in the body, chronic pain, imbalances in, in the hormones. It's going to show up as burnout where we're just like, we're pushing ourselves so hard to the point where we aren't functioning very well. We're not sleeping very well. We have anxiety. We have depression. We have burnout. We're just overwhelmed in our minds. And, you know, if we look at it through the trauma lens, you know, this is when we're in survival mode. This is when we're in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And we're operating that in that place of really not just temporary, 
right? Like, of course, we're going to go into survival moment in stressful situations from time to time. But to me, when we're out of alignment, we're living in that the majority of the time. We're in that space where it's almost like you have your gear stuck on fifth gear and you're running hot, your engine's running hot and you can't downshift to fourth gear, third gear, second, you know, neutral. And so you don't have a lot of flexibility in moving up and down those gears. You're just stuck on fifth gear. And of course, that's going to drain your body. You know, your cortisol is running high, your adrenaline's super high. And so those are sort of the external signs and symptoms that you're out of alignment. It's not living the truth of who you are. And so when I look at alignment, you know, I think about this analogy of going to the chiropractor Hmm. and think about your spine for a second. So when you are needing to go to the chiropractor, you probably have some sort of bone or disc that is out of place. And what that causes is pain. And so when you get adjusted, your spine comes back into alignment. It's sort of like Mm. the natural, healthiest, most whole, intact, integrated, like natural place for the spine to be where you don't experience pain. Like it's like, oh my gosh, I experience relief. I'm Mm. in alignment. And so when our lives are in alignment, we experience greater ease. We're not in that place of overwhelm. So we're able to participate in things, joy and pleasure and just presence, just to be available for life. We're integrated and intact with the truest parts of who we are. So what we say matches what we do. How Mm. we feel inside is congruent and integrated into our lives. So our words are integrous. Like when I say no, I mean no. When I say yes, I mean yes. And you can trust that. When I'm in alignment, I am showing up as my full whole self. I'm not pretending. I'm not shape-shifting. I'm not putting on masks. I'm not people-pleasing. I'm not codependent. I am owning my power of who I am. I have healthy boundaries. I'm able to connect to my purpose, my desires, all the elements that make me come alive. That is me in full alignment. When I'm the most merry that I could ever be. And I'm not trying to do anything to get love or approval, but I'm able to stand in the truth of who I am. That's alignment. What a great explanation. I've never heard it explained from the chiropractor angle. And I love that so much. I also think that when we're out of alignment, another piece that happens can happen is resentment. I don't know why, Mm. but that, that word came up really big for me as I remember having moments where I wasn't speaking my truth. This happened in my prior relationship with my ex-husband was all these things were happening around us and I didn't want to make it a big deal. I'm going to put air quotes around that. I didn't want to make it a big deal. But by not honoring my own truth and, and having open, healthy communication, there bubbles up this piece of resentment that comes from being out of alignment. Mm. And to be quite honest, I felt like every time, every time that I've been out of alignment or have moments out of alignment, it's exhausting. Yes. We hear a lot of people these days talk about how life is hard, right? Yep. And I think that alignment, we know we're in alignment when it feels of more ease, more flow, more lightness. There's not this overthinking. There's not this comparison syndrome. There's just the open, honest ability to show up as who you are in each moment and in each emotion as well, because we have this beautiful range of emotion 
And alignment doesn't mean that you're just, in my opinion, you're just happy all the time. Right, right. It just means that you're able to express wholly and fully who you are in each moment of life. And it doesn't feel exhausting to cry. It feels relief to cry. Mm. There's just such a big body difference in the way our emotions feel when we're in the space of alignment. Anger feels different in alignment versus out of alignment, right? I'm so glad you're touching on this because what comes to me, and this is sort of the first step in any embodiment work, is honesty, right? Like getting to the point where you can be honest with how you feel. And it doesn't have to be a huge charged thing or a bad thing or a negative thing. There's just an honesty of like, here's what I'm working with. Here's how I'm feeling about it. Here's my, in this present moment, I can be honest. I can be honest with who I am. And that's why I said out of alignment, there's so much pretending. We're pretending we're fine. We're pretending we're okay. We're pretending Mm -hmm. we've got it all together. And there's something so liberating when we get to be honest with, okay, here's what I'm actually feeling. Here's what I'm longing for. Here's what I feel like I'm missing. And Mm -hmm. to go back to that resentment piece, I think there's something that's happening in the resentment, which is if you think about alignment as being your whole total self, and when you're out of alignment, you have to leave yourself and it's abandonment of the self. So think about how often we abandon ourselves throughout the day. It's like, we go, Shh, quiet, don't feel that. I'll get to you later. You know, mm. shut up, whatever. We abandon ourselves so often. And I actually think that the resentment that we tend to have for others is actually projected. The resentment is actually resentment we have for ourselves for not living in integrity with our truth. We're angry at ourselves for abandoning ourselves. And then we project that onto other people. And so I just think that that's kind of an interesting thing when you think about misalignment or being out of alignment. It really is. It's abandonment, but you're doing it to yourself. Oh, I love that you brought that up and you brought attention to this because I think this happens. I'm curious how you feel about this. I think the projection also happens when we fall into the space of what I would consider like victimization. We are calling ourselves a victim of this and a victim of that and things like that. Or we're playing the victim. We're playing that we're stepping into the role of the victim is what I mean. Not to downplay people who have been actually victimized and things like that. But when you've been through something and you choose to step into a space and go, poor me, and you actually get yourself stuck in the struggle story, your own story. For me, I remember being, allowing myself to sit in that victim space at moments throughout my life. And because I wasn't conscious that I was doing it and I hadn't learned about this stuff before. Yeah. But it really was... When you fall into the victim mentality, the poor me mentality, so that you can kind of self-sabotage yourself to stay stuck in those moments of lostness, I think that we begin to project in those moments as well. And that's kind of where like, how can I blame someone else for my pain, for my hurt? And that actually takes our power away instead of giving us so much empowerment and just owning our own pain and owning everything that that we see in front of us. Yep. I mean, preach girl. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm like, yep. I don't know that I have anything to add to that. Like I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah. Why is the body so key to staying in the alignment with your truest self? So kind of what we were talking about, how uh, there's this wisdom available to us And if I want to check in with, is something right for me or wrong for me? Is there something that is better 
more in alignment for me or less in alignment for me. I'm trying to make decisions. Again, I don't want to just go to the mind. I want to go into the body. So the thing that is fascinating to me is that the mind is just one of the bodies that we have, the mental body. And that accounts for 20% of the wisdom available to us. Mm-hmm. We have several other bodies that sort of make up this 80%, remaining 80% of wisdom. That's the emotional body, the energetic body, the physical body. And then of course we have sort of this overarching spirit body, I'll say, or, or you know, sure. connection to the divine, right? That's mm-hmm. not necessarily us, mm-hmm. but container for. To me, if I'm going to be in line with my truth, then I can have the body help me determine sort of like, Ooh, this is a yes for me. This is a no for me. Like, is it a full body? Yes. Or is it a full body? No. Mm-hmm. And I can discern that through the sensations that I'm receiving within my body. For example, we all had those experiences where we've walked into a room and we get like a weird vibe and we're like, Ooh, like I got to get out of here. I, you can't put any like actual language <laughs> to it. It's just a feeling. It's a sensation. There's something wonky about the energy. And so you're like, Ooh, this is not in alignment for me. I'm going to check out. These are not my people. This is not my space. The environment isn't gelling with me. And so our body, not our mind, like everybody could have looked great. Everybody could have, you know, on paper checked all the boxes and been, you know, people you should be able to connect with. But there is something that we can't mentally, rationally explain that happens. And that's in the energy body presenting itself through the felt senses. Maybe it's a a pit in the stomach. Maybe it's a tingling in our hands. Maybe our chest begins to tighten up. Maybe we begin sweating. Face begins to flush. These are all whispers the body is saying in a nonverbal way. Hey, pay attention. And so being in alignment is working with the body to catch those whispers before they turn into loud screams. Mm -hmm. So like sickness is a great example of this. Before there is a autoimmune disease, before there is cancer, before there is a major medical issue, there were little whispers at the beginning along the way that, hey, something isn't quite right here. And because we haven't been trained how to interpret those messages, we just like write it off and we just go, oh, no big deal. Like I'm fine. Or, or maybe our body's really, really tired. And we just go, come on, we got two more hours of work. We just got to go. Or maybe you're thirsty and you say, no, I got I to finish this email. I'll, I'll drink some water later. Right? Our body is constantly all the time communicating to us to help us stay in alignment, to bring us back into wholeness. And so when we don't do that, those symptoms get louder and louder and louder and louder and louder until we have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. We can't ignore it anymore. And it's like all of a sudden we're in a critical situation and that could be an emotional critical situation, a relational situation, physical health situation, some version of crisis happens and then we can't ignore it. But what I love to teach my clients is there's actually a lot of little things happening before that moment that if you can interrupt it and attune to it and pay attention and really meet those symptoms or sensations in the body, you can save yourself a lot of of pain down the road. That's beautiful. I love how you broke down the percentages of mindset versus all the other 80% that's actually there. How do we learn? 
the language of our body so that we don't have to fall into that burnout and that sickness. And how do we use our bodies in this way? Yeah, well, first and foremost, it's a practice. It's a skill set that you can develop. The goal to me is you are increasing your sensitivity towards it. So there are so many beautiful mindfulness practices that can help with this. Meditation is a great example. And I love guided meditations that really help to take you into the body. So like one example would be a body scan. Yeah, where a good body scan. <laughs> so good, right? Like, because again, when we're moving really fast, we're not aware like, oh, my body's talking to me in all these ways. So having a sacred pause to slow down. And again, just like if you're going to learn Spanish, you got to get your flashcards out. You got to get a tutor. You got to watch your TV with Spanish subtitles. You want to have the Spanish radio on. It's There's something about the immersion of mm. you're increasing your awareness. You're increasing your vocabulary. You're actively practicing speaking this new language. And it's the same with the language of the body. So the more that you can do to kind of go below the shoulders, and that can be to me kind of in three major ways, breath, movement, and sound. So breath, movement, and sound. So those are the three ways to sort of enter into the wisdom of the body. Breathing, breathwork practices. You and I share this in common that we love teaching about breathwork. And it's such a window into the subconscious. Mm -hmm. We just slow down to take our shallowed breath down into the belly. So having a regular three-minute breathing practice a day. It doesn't have to be hours and hours long. It can be really easy and simple movement, any kind of embodiment work, whether that's yoga, whether that's very traditional embodiment work, working with an embodiment coach, going to spaces that encourage getting into the body, dancing, any of that kind of stuff. And then sound, getting into the comfort of using your voice more, singing, sighing, even when you move, like letting it out, you know, our energy in our body needs to be expressed. And so I love chanting mantra, any of these kinds of things that help strengthen this connection to our sound. That's one way to liberate energy within the body. So those are kind of my top three ways of learning the language, practicing it and getting familiar like, oh, anger feels like this in my body. Oh, joy feels like this in my body. Like so often we just go, oh, I'm stressed or, oh, I'm anxious. But there's so many little subtleties and finding the nuances to some of that of like, oh, when, what does my body mean when it is a no? How do I know it's a no in my body? How do I know it's a yes in my body? Starting to learn the unique language of your body. And sometimes that's practicing it and just journaling it out and creating a cheat sheet for yourself. Yeah, there's so many beautiful tools and techniques. I know that you as a coach, me as a coach, other people that are working in the healing business are using and it really is a practice. I remember being on the spectrum of what I would consider being like a heady person. And the first time coming into a coaching relationship with somebody that I learned from and she was teaching breath work. And I remember immediately being like, this is bogus. I'm not doing this. I turned off my camera. I just like waited for it to be over while the rest (laughs) of the group did it, you know, and just like, I'm not into meditation. I'm not into yoga. I'm not into breathing. I'm not into this, what's this body stuff? Like I was such a huge skeptic, huge skeptic. And then I kind of decided to, you know what, part of this program is to 
learn to get into the body and do all the things. And I'm an all in kind of a person. So I thought to myself, if I don't do this piece and it doesn't work, this healing journey doesn't work, then I can't say that I've tried everything that I went all in. Mm. So then I started just doing it and allowing myself to slowly start, like you said, doing the things that felt a little bit better, a little bit easier, just like a couple of minutes of breathing instead of all the the longer sessions, just allowing myself to do a body scan, a gentle scan from head to toe and feeling all the things. And just one of the biggest things was starting to just notice, just Mm. stop and pause and just like notice myself. How am I feeling? Where do I feel that? And I think curiosity is a huge piece of the healing journey and of going beyond the mindset. If you can use the curiosity of the mind to explore the body, Mm. that's where we can start that unification process of, okay, use your brain to get curious and then explore the sensations in your body at a deep cellular level, using your breath at whatever capacity feels good for you to start. And that was a game changer. And then I became a breathwork facilitator because I became obsessed with healing from the inside out or what I call the bottom-up approach, which is really just like body-based. It's funny how that happens, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) But it does take a while. It is a practice. It is a practice, like you said, like anything else. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I didn't ask you if we could talk about this, but I saw it on your reels or your social media the other day. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the reasons why we should cry more often. Yes. And I think that that was such a healthy conversation to have. Would you be willing to share some of that with our listeners today? Yes, of course. Well, backstory is I spent probably six or seven years not uttering or not crying a tear, a single tear. And I was just so shut off and really saw that as a version of weakness. Yeah. So I've had to really make peace like later on with crying and like getting more comfortable crying. Sometimes for me, when it feels a little scary to wade into the deep end and like let myself express emotions that I'm experiencing, I like to sort of know some of the science behind it. Because then it gives my brain like some some fuel to go, okay, hey, this really matters. It's important. It's not just that, you know, oh, you're weak emotionally, but actually it's doing something really powerful in your chemistry. So crying, number one, it helps to release hormones that are in the body. So what's amazing is depending on what kind of cry you have, whether it's a cry of sadness or frustration or anger or grief you actually release certain chemicals from the physical tears that help the body detox those hormones and chemicals. So that to me is like amazing. Um, One is manganese, which helps to regulate mood. So that is like, whoa, okay. My body's actually doing something. There's a purpose to these tears. Number one, it helps you detox. It also helps to give you healthy chemicals. So oxytocin helps to bring in a set of endorphins. So there's amazing relief and energy that comes after a good cry. It actually floods your body with those feel good chemicals. And so you do like after a cry, you just, you feel like there's been a release and you feel instantly better. So that's a benefit is that you get some of that, that good juice afterwards. And then it also helps to regulate your nervous system. So it really brings back equilibrium into the body. When you're releasing your stress and your anxiety and your grief, you liberate that energy in your body. 
so that you're not creating stagnant energy or frozen tension within the body. It gets liberated through your tears. It has a way to express. And instead of getting shoved in the body, it moves out and through you. And then you have more space available to feel other things and to feel balanced and to feel more like yourself when you actually let yourself cry. So to me, crying is so soothing, so such an important practice to give yourself permission to do. Oh, absolutely. And I think such an important piece is we have to shift the narrative around tears. Yes. Around crying. It's, I always tell my client, tears are truth, let them flow. Let it all come out. Let it all be present. Let it all be seen. And I think that back to our main chat, it's that crying allows us to stay in alignment. It's honoring those feelings. And then also, like you said, letting those chemicals flow through so you can use the body again to your advantage to stay in that aligned space. So beautiful. Thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing that. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if we have time Real quickly to just go through, I loved on your website, you have this thing called the ABCDs, which is your method, your approach. Can you talk a little bit about the ABCDs that you've created? So yes, the first step is to acknowledge. And this is that radical honesty piece that I was talking about where you really take a moment to say, Hey, this is missing in my life. Like I'm feeling deprived in an area of my life. And I want to acknowledge with honesty. It's like, this is our sobering moment. This is where we get real about the state of our life, what's really going on so that we can then move into a place of change. And so the B is to become aware. And I love this sort of phase of this journey because when we become aware, we're starting to notice things that we were asleep to before. So we start noticing our thoughts. We start noticing our patterns like, oh, this is showing up here. I wonder where else this might be showing up. We see our tendencies, our behaviors, our cycles, our dominant emotions. And we start kind of uncovering like, oh, there's themes here. Like this is interesting. And when we have awareness, then we can go, do I like this? Do I not like this? Is this serving me? Is this not serving me? Is this out of alignment? Is it in alignment? And then we can do something about it. We have to become aware of like how we're operating within the world. Mm. And then the C is to center and align. And this is where we learn how to get back into alignment and to move from a place of self-abandonment and come back to the self, to Mm -hmm. really honor the truest parts of ourselves, to begin to hear that internal wisdom that we all have that we've been talking about today and start to practice alignment in all areas of our lives. So we've got to go, Hey, here's where I'm out of alignment. And here's what it looks like to get back into alignment. The last step of this is to the D is to divinely connect. And I love this step because it acknowledges that it's not just a journey between me and me. There is a divine partnership that is also available that gives us permission to let go of hyper-responsibility or over-responsibility, hyper-independence we start learning how to trust other people. We start remembering how supportive life really is, that life is truly here for us and that we can always seek support. There is support available. So to me, we go up, meaning we go into that place of connecting with source, with spirit, with God, with the universe before we go out and take action. So we go up before we go out. 
So those are the A, B, C, Ds. <laughs> I love those so much. I thought that was very creative and very easy to remember, you know, where to kind of like check in with yourself. Like, where yeah. am I in this process? I use a process called SOAR, which is shed, open, align, and rise. But they nice. run along the same lines of awareness, acknowledgement, allowance, acceptance, and taking action. Thanks for sharing that. That was amazing. Yeah, you're so welcome. So grateful that you have taken time out of your busy schedule and day to be here. You've shared so many beautiful pieces and powerful messages. And you guys, we will be sure to put all of Mary's details in the show notes. But Mary, if you want to take a moment, I'd love for you to just let listeners know how they can get more of you in their life and connect with you. Yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I love having these conversations and I know your people are my people. So it's so fun to, to connect with people that are doing powerful, similar work. Yeah. If you want to connect with me more, you can always follow me on Instagram, Mary G Hyatt, G like Grace. Obviously visit my website, maryhyatt.com. There's information there about my coaching. I do one-to-one coaching. And I also have a podcast called the Living Fully Alive Podcast. And you can check that out. I have weekly episodes. They're all found on my website or your favorite podcast app. So connect with me. I really genuinely love connecting. Send me a DM. It'll be me that answers. And we could start a conversation. And I just love to hear your journey because let's be honest, it's nice to know you're not alone and that there's somebody who has been on this road, who's a little bit further down the path perhaps, and that can offer some hope. So yeah, mm. I'm excited to, to connect further. Yes, you guys, make sure you start following Mary right now if you aren't already. And we have two quick closing questions that I love to yes. ask all of my guests. The first one is, share one thing that you love most about yourself. Ooh, I am a self-starter and I love that about myself. Like if there's something that I want to learn, I'm going to go dive in totally obsessively and learn the thing. And I'm such a quick start. So if I have an idea, I act on it like right away. I get into motion right away. And I love that characteristic about myself because I get to be in the enthusiasm of the momentum, like in real time. And so I think that's pretty cool. And it accomplishes a lot, which is great. <laughs> it is. That's a great quality. It's a beautiful quality. And our closing question is, what does joy feel like to you? Mm, okay. I'm going to describe this from a somatic sense being yes. inside of the body. So I instantly feel it in my heart. Joy that's like a fluttering in the heart and not an anxious fluttering, but almost like I'm awake since and it feels expansive. Like my heart instantly like opened up and there's a sense of space within my body and it feels light. It feels warm. It feels spacious. And honestly, when I really get into joy, there's a moment where I really do feel like I need to cry. You know, it's just this like an appreciation and gratitude for life. There's a tearful element to joy for me. Thank you for bringing us all to that space. That is absolutely stunning. And I appreciate your time, your connection, and your energy today so, so, so much. And to the rest of our listeners, go out into the world, shine your light bright, and live a limitless life. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullyb and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember, joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright 
and live a limitless life.